Note to listeners, this episode contains language that some may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. July 13th, 1977. Air conditioners throughout New York City were a full blast, stressing the city's power grid as a historic heat wave with a 100 degree temperature stifles residents. Three lightning bolts strike power lines, overwhelming the grid and causing it to shut down. All five city boroughs went dark by 9.40 p.m. During the 25-hour blackout, there were an estimated 1,000 fires, 1,600 damaged stores, and more than 3,700 people arrested. Consolidated Edison, the power provider for New York City, called the chain reaction of events that led to the blackout an act of God, or as Moses Robinson likes to phrase it, a chance encounter. Robinson is a 39-year veteran of the Rochester, New York Police Department, a poverty-stricken city 300 miles north of the Big Apple. He's familiar with the heat's impact on crime. It's why he hates summer. I hate summer. In his current role with the Rochester Police, Robinson serves as a liaison between the department and the community. Because you got to look at when it gets warm out, People come out, and when people come out, it's a beautiful thing because you get a chance to really just like spring. You've been locked up all winter. You know, you want to get out. You want to wear the sneakers. You want to, you know, you want to do the summer thing. It's like summertime, the song with Will Smith, you know? Cameron Mixon and Brian Booth are 19-year-old cousins living in Rochester's 19th Ward. The two teenagers know the pulse of the city when the summer hits. Here's Cam Mixon. A real, real hot day, like, so how it used to be back when it was like 110 outside, 115, the air not working, the AC not really, really helping for real. Here's Brian Boos. Everybody coming outside today, we're going to be at this park. We're going to be at this rec center. A hundred people in one place, just like that. A lot of violence, unfortunately, has to do with chance encounters as well. The grown, all the grown people would I be outside and active. What do you think they're about to go do with summer? The kids in our home? They outside you. It's time to go to the bar. Meeting up at a party, you know, meeting up at some kind of social gathering. What happened at a bar? Same thing that happened at rec centers. Ain't no difference. It's just a big ass, big ass place for everybody to get together. And so people have had disputes. They haven't handled the disputes. You never know who not rocking with who right now. You're the person that shot my cousin. Retaliation for certain things have happened. They meet up too. Even if you don't got nothing to do with it, I guarantee you it's somebody you know or have a close relation with that does. And this is the other part of the dark side of the chance encounters. Now it's like, yo, I ain't seen that guy since last winter or last summer. You know, the the dispute wasn't settled. Everybody got enemies and everybody's here. You know, so now the encounter becomes an opportunity to to, do for revenge. Two motherfuckers arguing, now it's a whole shootout. And so now the summer has this un- this dark side to it, in a way. This is City on Fire, the USA Today Network podcast on the effect rising temperatures have on public safety. I'm Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. This is episode one, Chance Encounters. It's not just summertime that produces the chance encounters. Violence intervention specialist Anthony Hall discovered that on an unseasonable hot October day in Rochester. A fight broke out. I went to break up the fight and somebody shot. Was shooting. 
and I pushed my sister, and I ended up getting shot. If my if I didn't push my sister, my sister probably be dead. Um, how the bullets came, so the bullets was coming down. I'm gonna hit me in my leg. Sometime in the hospital, a metal piece of metal rod in my leg. Did you know the people fighting? Yes. I know both, both sides. Both sides? Yeah. So that's why you wanted to stop it. Yeah. Statistics from the Rochester Police Open Data Portal show that the number of shootings in the city goes up during the warmer months, year after year. While political, social, economic, and demographic factors play a significant role in gun violence, a United Nations report says scientists see climate change as a threat multiplier. Like the 1977 New York City blackout, heat will make bad situations explosive. In a 2019 National Bureau of Economic Research experiment, 2,000 participants were randomly assigned to different temperatures in a laboratory. Results found that the hotter the temperature, the more the participant had a thirst for violence. For Brian Boos, hot temperatures used to mean a trip to the recreation center. Boys and Girls Club would be popping right now. It'd be mad people at the Boys and Girls Club every day. And then on top of that, rec centers. You go to Flint, everybody hooping, everybody outside. You go to any rec center or any of that during the summer, it was lit, active, everybody was having fun. Neighbors was neighbors, basically like extended family. Like you was doing something with your family, your neighbors was coming over just like family. Me and my neighbors used to have a relationship, but it's recent years, that thing getting bad. So you know what I'm saying? Like you can't trust your neighbors no more. That's how people feel. You can't trust nobody no more. Because everybody out to get you, that's the feeling that the city got over right now. Everybody a gang member. Everybody got beef with so-and-so. He beefing with him, he beefing with him. So now it's a matter of, you can't go to the rec centers to have fun no more. Because even if you're not into it, it's like you're not even, even if you're not into all that, you know somebody who is, you his friend, you getting jumped because you at the rec center. You getting poked because you at the rec center. Like, you see what I'm saying? I stopped going to city pools when I turned 12 because of the same fact. That's when I went to the pool when I was like probably 15. The pool used to be outside. It was the outside pool. With it being outside comes lack of security. So niggas wasn't even bothering me. I was cool with everybody. But it was the fact that I could be in the pool with a nigga that's not cool with everybody. And everybody that he not cool with is now outside the pool. So I'm in, I'm in the pool and I didn't even know this nigga still in here. He pop up from out the water and I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah, let me get up out of here. I'm not going to keep doing that every time somebody with a target on their back show up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm chilling at the rec. I tell everybody, yeah, I'm about to be at the rec all day. Pull up. And then some dude I don't like show up that I know got a target on his back. Like, if he if he stay here, the rec getting shot up. I'll be like, mm, all right, time to leave. Like, I'm, I got to leave every time some nigga I know finna cause a problem without even doing something. Like, show up, nah. Officer Moses Robinson was a school resource officer at Rochester's East High School for 18 years. During the time of summer times that most of my children, my kids have been killed. I've had 17 of my kids murdered at East High School when I was there. And they weren't dying from car accidents or illnesses or things of that nature, which is health related. They were gun related. I took a kid to a funeral for an Asian kid who was killed in an act of violence. And the kid that I took to the funeral a year later, he got killed. When the weather gets warm, that's when people come out. And when people come out, sometimes it's just this chance encounter. I just had a balloon release. They shot that up. It's 100 people gathered up there. Out of everybody at the balloon release, you don't know who was there. You don't know who they were showing that. 
Some of these guys are very hypersensitive. They've been hurt. They've been traumatized. They've been beaten. They've been abused, a lot of these guys. So they made an oath and a promise to themselves they will never get caught slipping. They'll never get hurt again. And so they carry weapons and, and as, a, as, a, as a form of protection against being hurt again. And then unfortunately, there's been a, a vendetta. So that, that combination of trauma, not being hurt, and then the chance encounter between that person and maybe some misunderstanding they've had in the past that wasn't resolved, and then words are exchanged, I think that fire happens. The calls for services go up, and when the calls for services go up, the stress goes with it. So I can't give you, if I'm an officer responding to a call, I'm not going to be able to clearly give you the service, the, 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 the quality of service um, that you may want. I'm being dinged for another call, or I may have to back another officer going for another call. You call me because you have a need. Yeah. You have a need. You in a crisis moment, you need me there. And so it's not quite fair to you as a citizen that as I'm trying to deal with your situation, I'm listening to, in my mind to what's going on on the radio, and then I'm trying to be in court kind of like two places at one time. You know, there's a thing called vicarious trauma. And I think that vicariously, um, a lot of officers, including myself, um, we push things down. And so when these violence incidents erupt during the summertime, oftentimes, you know, you got people who come out who look, may have witnessed, maybe a family member, and this person who's deceased is laying there in the middle of the road. And so you're looking at their family members you know, going through the worst time in their absolute, absolute life. It seems to really resonate deeply um, when it's like summer. Before Anthony Hall made a career in violence prevention, he was caught up in the street life himself, growing up in the third poor zip code in New York State. One of the most concentrated areas of poverty, 14605 uh, Clinton Avenue. Being in that environment and uh, succumbing to some of the uh, elements that derail you, uh, you know, prison life, uh, the gang life, you know, drugs, that, that, that appeals to you uh, when, when you don't have necessary things around you. Uh, and, and, and I'm not going to say that, you know, my household was all bumped up because it wasn't, you know what I mean? But it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't all bumped up like a lot of our children we see today. Um, but poverty played a huge role uh, in behavior issues. They how a lot of young niggas get in the streets now because of the fact they, some of them have, like, don't, they don't have nothing. No one like being broke. Their mom texture eight not kicking in, their food stamps not kicking in, so they like, man, fuck it. So they get up off their ass, you know, make money for themselves. So as soon as it started getting hot, you see we had that one hot week, everything happened. It was just a chaotic week. And that was the warmest week we had consistently. You see how that's the hottest week we had consistently for the whole last two months. And that's also the most active in shoe-ins, active in all of that. The hottest days where everybody outside gathered up. 
On July 4th, after the fireworks ended, seven people were shot in under two hours overnight in Rochester. On a warm summer day, you'll likely find Hannah Gilmore, 74, with other seniors at Montgomery Neighborhood Center on Katy Street. She hates the heat. Makes you feel kind of drowsy, you know, and tired. They often say seniors should stay, drink lots of water. Because once you get dehydrated, you get uh, delusion. Your mind just don't act right. Gilmore notices the boost of violence when it gets hot. I think it's because it's warm and they can get out and cut up. You know, a lot of people, when it's cold, you know, they don't kind of be trying to get out like they do in the summer. But in the summer, they just kill in the world on daylight. 20 years ago, Hannah's son, 16-year-old Gabriel Gilmore, attempted to rob 18-year-old Tyree Clancy of marijuana on Jefferson Avenue in southwest Rochester. When Clancy pulled out a pistol and leveled it, Gilmore shot him three times with a 38 caliber revolver. According to court documents, Gilmore told investigators he didn't mean for anyone to get hurt. He was just trying to rob him. Well, I didn't know nothing about it until someone gave me a call and told me that was my son did it. I didn't know. But he wasn't raised that way. Following older, you know, older guys, they, you know, they have a tendency to mislead younger guys. Like the little baby boys, like 15, and they got a 25-year-old they following. So I don't even know where he get a gun to put it in his hand at, because I didn't have a gun. After jurors rejected a self-defense claim, Gabriel Gil was convicted of two counts of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to 20 years to life. He comes home in June next year. Do you also have a good relationship? Yes. I went up to see him three months ago. Okay. How was that? It was good. I looked at him. He, he didn't. He, he looked the same. He don't look his age. He looked he tall, you know, way over me. And had his glasses on. And he looked just like Look like to me, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be a college student or something, the way he looked at you, know? Yeah, when I looked at him, I said, oh, God. <laughs> I can't really fault all the parents. You see what I'm saying? Because then it's that conflict between taking care of your kid, regardless of how they're acting, and making sure, and like, disciplining your kid. Like, if they're not listening, all right, maybe it's time to cut the lease because they want to be this street kid and go out there and do whatever. But... That's the problem. Nobody really want to let their kid go at like 14, 13, 12. You shouldn't have to, especially because they're affiliated with something that they don't really know about. Well, the thing is, I put him in God's hands when it first happened. And I left him there, and so that made it easy for me. Because God is going to protect him. I can't. I know he's around real demons now. You know, now he, they just move him. He moved from Attica to a, a smaller facility now because he's on his way out. But it's, a lot of people don't know that's where the demons at. In prison. You think he fight out here? Yeah. He fights in there. Tyree Clancy was Rochester's seventh homicide in 2003. When his obituary was published in the newspaper, the photo was of Clancy as a small child. I know because of who I am, our souls are redeemable. Uh, and, and that is something that has to be innate through all of us. You, you just can't think that we're going to throw this person away because they did something. 
but irredeemable. And that's not saying that folks shouldn't be incarcerated for some of the behaviors and the actions. That's not saying that consequences shouldn't happen. Um, but it is saying that folks do deserve a second shot. 2023 has been Rochester's hottest year on record. This City on Fire podcast is part of the USA Today Network Northeast Human-Centered Climate Crisis Project called Perilous Course, directed by New York State Enterprise Editor William Ramsey. This podcast was produced by me, Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, and USA Today Network Northeast Regional Multimedia Director Sean Oates. Special thanks to Moses Robinson, Cameron Mixon, Brian Boos, Anthony Hall, and Hannah Gilmore.